I was going to say two things. One, the part about the men in teaching, but just black people in general in teaching mm. or why they go to other places is I think sometimes I know this going to sound crazy and I'm digging deep and I, and I might not have the answer, but the idea of like, when you've experienced, if you went to a public school or urban area, that would might've been traumatic for you. Mm -hmm. So do you want to go back in there? Do sure. I want to go back and live that? Especially when I see the same thing happening that was happening 20 years and we, and we still not fixing it. So mm -hmm. for some people, that's a motivator. Like I want to fix that. Like, you know, my, my so-and-so's mother got cancer. So now I want to be a cancer. I want to be an oncologist. I want to work in, you know, so sometimes and other times it makes you want to run. But the other thing is, is that, and I don't know how we fix this part, but it probably takes a lot of training and it probably looks like continuous uh, staff development specific to culture and relationship building and classroom management. That's not just the summer, but like once a week that we're really working on this and working on ourselves and those restorative pieces for ourselves. Because I find that I almost feel like it's a, not a, I won't even say a disrespect, but a disregard for our kids when you don't have routines, when you don't care about them enough to make sure they have safety in the classroom. Like, what are you thinking? Because I don't believe, not only do I believe, but not believe that if you were in a suburban school, you wouldn't do that. I believe you were in a suburban school, you would know that that wasn't okay to do that because those are kids. And you'd be like, we can't do that to those babies. But our kids are not often treated like babies. They're expected to do things like a 17-year-old black boy is still a kid but not to everybody in society. We look right. at them like, you know better. He is still impulsive. His brain is not developed yet. He's still making bad decisions all the way till he's about 24, I think it is. Yep. So then why do we expect from them things we don't expect? Like, I don't understand. And I'm talking about us, not even other people, other groups. Why do we even do that? I, I, would, like, I, would, look at that. I would say that because like you were mentioning, that is the thing that we have only seen. We haven't seen right. anything different. Right. We, the whole system wasn't constructed for us. <laughs> like right, Ms. Johnson right. said in, in, in when, she, when she was on the pod, like we weren't invited to the cookout. Now that it's right. become a block party where like, we're like, oh, okay, this is what's happening and then we're present, mm -hmm. we're making it our own. However, it wasn't in, initially created for right. us. And so now, like, that here, and now that we're here, it's like, okay, we need to change this because this is not working for us. This isn't, and right. like you mentioned, our boys are just that, they're boys, but yeah. they're adultified, like little man, little, he's not a little man, he's a boy. Not at all. Like in the sixth grade, don't call him a little man because the way that you are looking at him and you're thinking about him is as if he is a little man and he is not, right. he's just yep. a boy. Ten That's why I stopped. Four? Yeah, it's gotta stop. Yeah, and I, I caught myself because I was calling, I was like, boy, come here. And then I said, okay, I don't want to call them boys like that. So I started saying young man, because mm. you're not, a, you're not, a, you're not a man, but you are still young. And I want you to know you're young. But I say all the time, even with that, that I could check that. Maybe that's yeah. not, it's too much yeah. because I want them to be very clear. You are still a child. Yeah. And what I've been trying to say, and I know this isn't always popular, but even with, 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 um, with my son, I'm like, I don't like him crying all the time when he gets upset. He's gotten much better, but I also don't want him screaming and yelling. And my thought is, what's the difference? Because I feel like sometimes men are very, you know, they, they get really gruff depending on the man and can be, you know, yelling and screaming. And then the children are crying and you're like, but the boys are not allowed to cry, but they are allowed to go up and scream and yell. So which one, you know, which, where's the balance? Because don't get me wrong. He has to learn to deal with his emotions in the right setting because he's got to be in the right space. But I also want to be able to use his words. Like I say to him, listen, you can be upset, but I need you to tell me what's going on. Because I don't know what those, I don't know what the tears mean today. So you need to tell me he's much better than he was before, but. At one time, I was like, I, go ahead. I was going to say, that's where the Black man, Black male teacher comes into play. 
Yes. Where yes. having that model of, for me, where where I come in and I I tell the kiddos, hey kiddos, because of what happened, this is how I'm feeling. I'm, I'm upset. Like this is not okay. Like you you be right. Like, conversation I had with kiddos today. I'm like, one little boy has been away for a week. He came back today and he has this habit. And again, that's where the developmental issue is, is very present as a seventh grader. Yep. I understand as a little boy that, yeah, there are going to be moments where you have an outburst, you laugh, you giggle. However, if I'm in the middle of instructing, context says, this is not the time. Yep. It says it's not the time. So when you do it in the middle of my instruction, I'm not going to yell at you. I'm going to pause can you please step outside so I can check, check in with you? And then yeah. I spoke to everyone else and I, he happens to be a twin. And I said, I'm not directing this to his sister, his twin sister, because I've seen her check him. I'm directing this particularly to the other boys who thought like, oh, it's okay to chuckle and giggle and like yeah. encourage him, like give him that feedback. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay right now. I said, right. last week when yeah. he wasn't here, none of y'all were acting a fool. Why yeah. are you choosing to do so now that he's back? Because that's sending him the message like, oh, now that I'm back, I can do this. And I want Mm -hmm. you to know this is not okay. And I want you to know. And what you should be saying to him, my dude, this is not the time. Like, (laughs) we got an assessment on Wednesday. We all trying to get these good grades because we have break is coming. And so that should be your message to him. However, when you choose to chuckle, it's saying to him, yeah, yeah, keep doing that, my dude. Like, we can, and it's not. Also, I said to him, you can hear in my voice that something's different. I'm not usually like this. This this lower, deeper, Barry White voice Mr. Pierre's got right now is not, Mr. Pierre likes this octave where it's like, it's jovial. Yeah, 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 yeah. However, when I come here and I tell you, stop, you got to understand, oh, okay, we've done something, something's off, we need to yep. check ourselves. And then also in those moments of, sometimes y'all just are just fantastic and my yep. allergies act up and all of a sudden there's a salty discharge. And I'm not afraid to wipe it. I'll let it fall down my chicken like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. We've been working. The process has come to fruition where this assessment, yep. a 76 for you is fantastic. Fantastic. Yep, that's that's listen, progress right there. Oh, my. My it, older daughter, Mr. 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 she are is. Are your allergies acting up? Yes, they are. Oh, that's yes, funny. I love are. it. I love it. Because they didn't call on. I love it. Yeah. I love so that it. when I call mom and tell and tell mom, like, your child did this. It was fantastic. He or she may tell you that I had a salty discharge and my, my allergies were acting up. I want them to know, yeah, sometimes I will That's be right. to tears because you are That's fantastic. Right. And so yep, if, if young boys have that example, then they will yep. know like, oh, okay, I saw Mr. Do it. Like it's not, a, when I, can I go to tears? We're human. Yeah, natural right. emotioning to put yep. tears for whatever reason, whether it's joy or if it's sadness or pain. Grief, yep, the whole spectrum we feel that. That's right. Um, that that's okay. However, yeah, if you never see that, if all you got is woman after woman after woman after woman who is speaking to you as if they're your mama, your grandma, yep. your auntie, then you're, you're going to be like, "Here goes another one." Even before you open your mouth, I'm already like associating right. you with. Yep, yep, yep. No, I got I you. I have a, a dude in front of me who's like, let me holler at you. <laughs> right. And that, listen, and that's what my husband is like. He's like, because we were both caught in between because he's like, no, thank you. That's not, but I'm like, but we got to teach them both. But yeah. what I do like about that, my husband recently learned, recently said to me, which was good for me and my daughters, 
He was taking her to football and my son just wasn't performing the way he wanted him to. He's got it in him, but he just doesn't want it. He finally said, I had to realize my son is not me and that's okay. He don't gotta be me. He just gotta be the best of him that he could be. And he said, so I took a step back and I was like, yes. And so to say, one day I was saying something about one of my daughters and he said, remember, babe, she's not you. She yeah. just isn't you and that's okay. Because we got a little bit of each of us and all of them, and they're gonna t- and we're gonna hopefully they'll take the best of us, and that'll be that. That's so, it. As yep. an educator, you just you look at the child and you're like, can I help this child be the best them? Yep. That's that's it. Help them be the best them. Whatever absolutely. that is. Like I was having a conversation yeah, during parent teacher, like telling a, a, a set of parents, like your kiddo earning B pluses is great. Mm-hmm. Like, laud them for that applaud them for that like let them know that you're proud of them for that b plus not like why didn't you earn an a because the kiddo's like for real like (laughs) i'm with them every single day and i'm like do you know how hard they tried they put the work in to earn that b but you know what it is is that because we don't give first of all sometimes our grades don't match what skills skills really have Mm -hmm. so the parents don't really understand They've been getting A's and B's all their life and they get to middle school and it becomes another world and they don't understand. But what I have said to my, my children, they're all in different spaces. My oldest daughter struggles with school, but very intelligent, but can't always get it written down. She took an AP, so, but the school that she was at, which I love, they recognized her as a leader early on and didn't let the behavior things or things she was struggling with stop her from taking leadership roles. They allowed her to do things. They allowed her to go be a speaker. She was an environmental. She went to be on a panel. She went to, um, was it Seattle? Big Seattle, somewhere, I forgot where she went. But the point is, she was taking an AP class. Now, with her grades, no one should have let her, based on the grades, should have mm-hmm. let her take an AP class. But her principal saw in her something. She fought every quarter for a C or a D, sometimes instructed to a C, every single quarter. Her last market period, she earned a B in the AP class. That was what it was about. It wasn't about the, the, the fact that she didn't get it. It was that she knew that she's mad at herself now because she wouldn't take, she refused to take the test and then got to college. It was like, this is the exact same class. I said, I tried to tell you, but I let her, let her handle herself. But my son, I, he gets upset because he right now has some C's and B's. I said, no, thank you, sir, because he can get the B's mm. and the other grades. I said, if your teacher told me, and I told the teachers that I said, my son is because I was frustrated that they hadn't called me about any of his grades. And I said, but that says to me, you know, you talk about power school. That says to me, you think my son is a C or a B student, mm-hmm. that you just have decided that, or actually a C student, you just decided that you haven't even checked in with me to see if maybe he could do better. But I said to him, I said, he isn't. I said, unless you tell me he's done his very best. And if you said, no, ma'am, I've seen him. This is the best I think your son can do in this subject. Then I want to see B's. And I want to see them because I know my son can. But what's been interesting is he's lost a few of those electronics. So now he's been really trying to get back on the game, but I see him taking oh, interest in some of the things and show me what he's doing. It's listen, the Oculus had to go and the, 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 the switch had to go. <laughs> he needed a break because <laughs> I need him to get back on track. But it goes back to the idea that if a B is all, if an A is all, I mean, a C is all you can get, high five. I'm glad with the C. If an A is what you can get, though, I want you to at least strive for it. You don't have to be an A, but at least strive to that end. Yes. But I think it's important, though, that the kids understand that that's not all who you are. Mm. I remember one day there was a child that came into school and they had a low grade. It was actually where we were at together. And this is the only time this particular administrator, I heard her say something. I was like, okay, that's real. The parent was upset about the grades the scholar was getting. This boy was, and you know, know the young man, Drew all the time, always losing everything, never knowing what nothing is, but a smart kid, but just all over the place. Mm. She looked at this, the parent because the parent was upset about the grades. She said, but you know, in the long run, this isn't really even going to matter. 
He's still going to be brilliant. He's still going to be great. It's going to be all right. And I thought to myself, where has this lady been all this time? Because that was really good what she said. She was absolutely right. It's not to say that we don't want the child to do better, but the reality is he is brilliant in other ways and that's okay. And if we need to do more of that, of looking at, I think one of the things we got away from, and I wish we could get back to is apprenticeship. Because if you think about it, way back in colonial times, you did the thing you liked. You went and did the apprenticeship you wanted to do, or it was a family thing, but you learned that thing and you learned it well. You could do more than one. There's some people that did more than one, but the point was you didn't waste your time on stuff that you never were going to do. Now, I know we got to give kids foundation and those kind of things, but (laughs) what could we do if kids could, could explore the thing that they were good at instead of wasting time? That's what I talk about when I say change the system. It's sort of like the Montessori thing, but a little bit deeper. Like how do we give kids what they need? For example, I'm a student. I'm really, I was really bad in math. But I could do history and the right, all those things I could do. Math, I needed help with. What if the teachers gave me an hour of math every day and only 20 minutes of the other classes because you gave my instruction, I could go work on my own. I didn't even need them for those classes. Why am I sitting in the class for 30, for an hour to listen to you talk about stuff I could read on my own because I've been reading since before I can remember. But the math, I really need help with and I'm not getting that. Yeah. I'm failing that every day. I'm going for tutors, people, and nobody's helping me. I don't get my I don't get two A's my whole life in math. Mm. What would I have been if somebody had to push me in math? Or what would I have been if somebody had, to, and when I got to high school, put me on the debate team? Now you know that I could be on a could have should have been on the debate team, the model <laughs> senate. No one even asked me ever because of the school I went to, which is very strange. But my point is, is that. If somebody could have saw me, if I could have took some kind of test at the beginning of the year that just saw where I was and my program was planned around me. We talk about IEPs for kids with special needs. Why don't we have individualized plans for everybody? Yeah, That's something that we can really do now. Yeah. Everyone gets a plan. And then we say, by the time they leave here, here's what they should have accomplished based on where they are right now. What if we did that? That's not something we can't not this that's something we can do right now you don't have to change the whole system to do that mm-hmm. and most public schools here at least here they're 900 hours you need for i think like 900 something hours or something but it's not by class they don't tell you how much you need per class so we have we in our minds have decided you need the same amount of time for every core class but the state statute doesn't actually say at least from what i've read unless and if i'm wrong you know they can correct me but from what i've read it doesn't say that it just says you have to have so many hours spread out throughout the day now high school is different yeah. the point is could we switch some of those classes and do some independent studies for some of them and do some, some, you know, some real, some teaching with the course teacher, because that's where you need it. And teachers become facilitators and helping those kids that need it. Those are things we could think about right now. That sounds dope. That sounds dope. So Miss Reed, if you make it happen, if you build it, they will. I'm trying. If you build it. Yeah. You said if I build it, it'll come. Well, I'm sure trying. (laughs) Today I was listening on the radio on the way in. And I was listening to, um, I think it was Apostle Dalton. He was saying that when you're, when you're, when you are getting ready to do something uncomfortable, sometimes you step out, you say things, you do things, and you feel uncovered. But the reality is, is that if you really trust in who your creator is, you have to realize that if he caught you when you was in the car before and didn't let you get in that accident, if he took care of you, woke you up this morning, even if you make a mistake, he's going to be there too. And at some point, somebody got to take a risk. Somebody got to step out on the water. Somebody got to say, I'm going to try. And am I scared sometimes? Yep, I am. Because it's scary out there stepping on that water. But I'm going to try. Because I believe our kids deserve that. They deserve someone 
to say, I'm going to step, and some of us stepping on the water is just being a teacher in general. Some of us stepping on the water is doing a podcast like you're doing. Some of us stepping on the water is writing the book, which by the way, I want to know what the name of that book is you were talking about. But Uh, we all, somebody, okay, someone is, someone is waiting for us to step on the water. Someone is waiting for us to do the thing that we've been called to do so that we can move this system. It is broken. No, it is functioning just as it was intended. And now it needs to be revamped and changed. And what people don't realize is for those out there who may be on the other side of it saying, you know, we don't need to do all that. It will benefit you too. You just don't know it yet. It will benefit you too. I'm going to tell you, like my old principal said, he said, you treat these kids badly. You go off to your suburbs home and you treat them badly. He said, but you're going to see them again. He said, because if you don't educate them the right way, they're going to be in the places where you're going to end up, like the homes, the nursing homes and all those other places. So one day you're going to see them again mm-hmm. and they're going to remember how you treated them when they were here. Mm-hmm. That's number one. He said, number two, what if Johnny goes to the basketball game and they're playing against your school and your daughter likes Johnny? Well, when you didn't educate Johnny right now, your daughter likes Johnny and now we got a problem. When you could have just treated Johnny right, <laughs> you could have just educated him. And then when he met your daughter, he'd be a good guy. And he still is a good guy. But the point is, you didn't give him what he needed. And so now he's struggling. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't, let's be clear. I'm not blaming teachers for everything. I'm not blaming everybody for everything. But what I'm saying is, as a whole system, we have got to figure out something for the benefit of teachers, for the benefit of kids, for the benefit of principals, for the benefit of parents. We have got to do something different. And all of us, I think we're brilliant enough that we can come up with the ideas. I just think it's time that we start. And I think there are lots of pockets. I would love to figure out where the schools are, where there's not, I know there used to be 95, 95 schools, I think, or something like that. But where are the schools where in urban areas, there's 95% achievement. Mm. And if somebody could point me to one, I would love to go visit one. I would love to find a school where there is, where that's the norm. And, and not a school where there, let's be clear about this, I won't mention no names. <laughs> not a school where you have uh, council people out to mm. only continue to have what you want at the school. Not mm. that kind. A school where you educated everyone as best you could. And you have some high, you know, 95%. I would love to see a school like that because I think it's possible. And there could be pockets. I would just love to see where they are. Cool. We'll, we'll throw it out to the community and see what the community throws back about where these 95% uh, schools are in urban areas. And I, I just to piggyback off of what you were saying earlier, I 100% agree um, what you were saying about stepping out onto the water. There is no comfort in growth. If you're looking to grow, it's going to be uncomfortable. If you are comfortable, it means you're not growing at that moment. It's why they call it growing pains. Like it's going to be painful and stretch a little bit to, to, to do the things that you want to do. So thank you, Reed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the gems. (laughs) Dropping the gems. Right. This originally was going to be a two-part series. This is going to now turn into a three-part series. So the next episode will drop on Wednesday and then the last one will drop on, on Friday. Nikki, we want to thank you. Thank you so much for coming through on this podcast. No problem. And Mr. One more time. What's the title of your book? My book is the Now Now We Write book. It's a compilation of poems. Excellent. We'll throw the link into the, uh, the podcast description as well. Thank Folks, you. I'm Mr. Pierre. She is a fantastic Nikki Reed. And this is the Chronicles of Mr. Thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you next time.